What's up, friends? Welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. On today's episode, we're talking to Sarah Priebus. Sarah is an amazing actress and host. You may have even seen her host on the app HQ, and she's a really cool person. We talk about things like how she doesn't like to pick favorites and even things like uh, rejection in a Hollywood setting. And it's it's just a really good conversation that I think you're really going to enjoy. So I'm going to get out of the way and welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. Hey, Sarah, welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. How are you doing today, friend? I'm good. It's early, but I'm a morning person, so I'm excited to do this. Okay. Now, uh, you said you're a morning person. What? When does your morning normally start? Because for me, that's not a, a thing. Oh, uh, 6 a.m. I, I have like a pretty um, hardcore internal alarm clock. And regardless of what time I go to sleep at night, it's like 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's go. <laughs> Good on you. Uh, I don't think God made us the same way because mine is way later than that. And uh, if I have to wake up early, I'm just crazy grumpy. So <laughs> I'm happy for people like you that have that figured out. Um, all right. So uh, welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. Uh, now, uh, there's people out there that may not have bumped into you before. And uh, so uh, we're going to start with a huge existential question. But who is Sarah? Um, so, yeah, I'm Sarah Priebus. I'm an actor and host. I live in Brooklyn. Um, and I, I don't know what else you want to know about me, but I'm also a content creator. So I make a lot of content around what it looks like to be a working actor. I've been doing this thing, um, since I was 18 years old. Um, so almost 20 years now and yeah, I work in commercials, TV, film, um, apps. Uh, I got my start (laughs) in theater. Yeah. So I've been sort of all over the place, but make my living full time as a creative person, which is really cool. That's fantastic. So actually I bumped into you on TikTok and then Instagram and you just make such cool content about what it means to be an actor. You said you got started when you were 18. Uh, what got you going in acting in the first place? Well, I've been doing acting probably since I was a kid. Um, mm. not professionally. I did not have those parents that were like lugging me to auditions. Like mm-mm. they, and they were like the opposite. They're like, get two jobs, work in retail as like, sir, <laughs> you know, at the like local spot. Um, but I always did community theater. I did my first like play, I guess I was in sixth grade. Um, you know, they were putting it on at like my middle school and I was like, Oh, I need to do that. That seems fun. Um, and I'm a Leo. So like, I'm a performer to my core, you know what I mean? (laughs) So like, I was like, yes, put me in the spotlight. Um, and so after I got my first taste sort of like when I was in sixth grade, I just like kept doing every single production that my school put on, you know, did like summer camp theater stuff. Um, like I said, community theater. And then I think like the thing that made me realize that I wanted to do this, like, uh, more than a hobby was when I was a junior in high school. Um, my high school got the rights to do Les Mis when it was going off Broadway for the first time. Um, and there were scouts in our audience when we put on the musical and they were looking for uh, the future cast of Les Mis. Um, they were basically casting this like epic finale performance where they were bringing back the original cast. They were having a current cast and then they were doing the future cast, which was like high school kids. And I ended up getting cast in that. And I was like, I guess maybe I could, I could do this. Cause I was a very academically oriented kid too. Like I got straight A's. I was valedictorian in my high school. And so it was, it, it was, I really weighed, I'm like, do I go to school for something that I'm probably not going to get any money for? Or do I like take a full academic ride to like these other schools? Um, and ultimately I got into NYU. Um, and you know, I was like, how do you say no to Tish? And so I, I went to Tish, I started acting and then yeah, have been in the city ever since. That's nothing to shake a stick at. That's awesome. <laughs> Getting into NYU, that that is a, a real deal program. So good on you. All right. So uh, all right. The, the podcast is called Maybe You're Like Me. And so uh, the general theme is this, like we see people online. So like I've seen uh, everything that you're not everything, but a lot of the stuff that you put on TikTok. I haven't stalked you that closely. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but maybe I'll watch the rest of them later. But I can't believe like people out there don't even know who I am. Like, how dare you? No, I'm kidding. Uh, yes. Totally. But yeah, so I, 
I've seen your TikToks, I've seen your Instagram, and um, I see the stuff you're putting out in the world. So like you'll see a celebrity or these people that are, uh, they're projecting the best version of themselves, their they're highlight reel. And so the whole purpose of the podcast is to maybe get a little bit past that and see uh, beyond uh, the filtered version of you. But if we're going to get past the filtered version, we got to start with the filtered version. So if somebody's just following you on Instagram or on TikTok, uh, what is the Sarah uh, Priebus they're going to see? I'm going to get it right. <laughs> As you're good. Really, I, I'm, I won't hold it against you. Um, you know, I actually really pride myself in being pretty transparent. You know, obviously, you're still curating a feed, right? So like how much transparency can really go into it when you're you are still choosing what type of content to put out there. Um, but that being said, so I do talk about a lot of things. I think that a lot of people would maybe feel like ashamed of, or like, you're like, wow, that's the story you're choosing to share. Um, so if you want embarrassing actor stories, stories about <laughs> mistakes, um, I don't even want to say mistakes, but you know, I'm sober now. So that's, that's a big part of my platform. So if you're looking at my highlight reel, you'll see that I, I do talk about sobriety. I talk about pre sobriety, um, and like, you know, stuff that, uh, the hard stuff. So, um, I would say you're, you're probably getting a lot of like working actor stories from, um, yeah, embarrassing jobs that I've taken, but like, I, I don't really see them that what people might consider embarrassing jobs, but like really to me is just like, um, working actor life. Um, and then like the unglamour, you know, I think my main platform is all about sort of, I think people see actors as either as like this 1%. So you're either you're, you're a Hollywood A-lister or you're a starving artist. Like there's no in between. Mm -hmm. And in reality, like 99% of us are the in between. Um, and like, again, like I want to show people what that looks like because it's not this like glamorous life. I mean, I love my life. I feel very blessed to be able to like do creative stuff full time. It's, it's incredible. Um, and you know, for a long time, I also just didn't think that I'd be able to, I didn't think it was like sustainable. I did work in hospitality, uh, all the way up until like just a couple of years ago. Um, and so it's really showing like, sort of like the truth of what it can look like to build a career in the entertainment industry sustainably, um, how, how long it might take you, how much work goes into it and how much like of it really is not so glamorous. Um, and so that's sort of what my platform is. And then again, yeah, I talk a lot about, uh, mental health. You know, I do a lot of stuff on like burnout, um, sobriety, um, aging in the entertainment industry as a woman. So anything that sort of, um, accompanies what it looks like to be a working actor, even like dressing the part and fashion. So you'll see all this stuff that sort of, um, goes around, um, being like a, a working actor. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So uh, again, so that's actually what I've seen of you. So you've nailed it. On. <laughs> that's what you're putting out into the world. Um, and it's cool to know that uh, the person behind the camera is actually the person that is um, uh, the person that you're uh, seeing, too. So like it's fun. Like for me, this has always been fun because I'll get to meet people like you. And I'm like, what, what are they really like? And so sure. this is fun getting to talk to you uh, like this right now. So the way we do things here on the podcast is in a couple of rounds and this first first round. I call it the first date round because when you go on a first date, like you want to kind of, you want to ask questions where you get to know a person, but also like, you don't want to ask about like childhood trauma or anything like that. So these are kind of icebreakery questions, nothing too, too serious. You ready to go for it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So uh, I'm going to break this down into a couple of, uh, I'm going to make this a multi-part first question, but what is your pump up jam? And we're going to give it to you in a few areas. Okay. So number one, what is your pump up jam uh, when you're going in for an audition? You're an actress. And so what is your pump up jam to get yourself ready uh, to shoot a scene? So I saw, I, I know that you were going to ask me this question. And again, I really just like pride myself on transparency and honesty. I don't really, I'm not really like a big music. I mean, I don't want to say I don't listen to music, but like, I don't have like music anthems. Like I think there was a period in my life where I listened <laughs> to a lot more music, but like I'll go through phases where, um, you know, like Taylor Swift's midnights came out and I was like, mm. literally, I will listen to an album to death. Like if I, <laughs> if you find me, if I find your music and I am a fan, like mm -hmm. the addict in me comes out and I will truly like, <laughs> you're lucky because I will give you all 1 million plays on Spotify until like I can no longer listen to something. Um, and I'll also, so that's like one way that I listen. And then also 
Um, I do like to like walk around New York city every once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. it's like sort of like a meditative experience for me. And sometimes I will listen to music in order to like, I guess, pump up in a way, but I can't, okay. I, I can tell you a couple songs that like, I mean, I, I was, I would have to Google music if I <laughs> wanted to answer this question. And like, I don't feel like that's an honest answer. I feel like if you Google music, you're going to get just random Wikipedia articles about what music is. Um, so, okay. Uh, so what is your most recent, uh, like album obsession then? Let's just go with it from that. I would, angle. Probably, I would say Taylor Swift for sure. Midnight. Yeah. Okay. You're a Swifty. Are you, uh, did you get Eras tickets? You gonna? I did not. I'm also not. I don't know if I consider myself a Swifty. I like only got into Midnight's. Um, <laughs> something like maybe TikTok inspired me to listen, and then I was like, this album is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've just got, I go through phases with music. So um, it was just funny because I literally got my start in music. Like I am a singer. I played three instruments. So like I love me, and I've gone through, and, and I'm a musical theater girly. So like. I, but I, in reality, like music, I I don't listen to it all that much until I get into a cycle where I'm listening to music and I'm not in one of those cycles right now. (laughs) All right. So uh, I'm just going to keep asking random music questions now. Uh, What is your like go-to musical? My go-to, um, I used to like, I mean, probably Wicked or Rent. Okay. Are you excited about, uh, Ariana Grande, uh, Wicked coming out? Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, why you, not? You, yeah, you can't go wrong with more wicked. It's good times. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can defy some gravity. It's a good time. All right, so let, yeah. let's get you out of music space. Apparently, music isn't your go-to place. But all right, so if you could go back in time and uh, you could take one movie role, uh, so you're an actress and you are uh, you're acting. Um, if you could go back in time and like, if there's one role that you're like, I that's me. I could do that. I would crush it. What's that movie role for you? So again, I, I don't know if it's like the way I grew up, but I did not like watch a lot of films. (laughs) I didn't watch a lot of TV. I've done a lot of catch up in my recent years, but like it used to be as it used to be a point for me, (laughs) excuse me, of shame that like people would ask me questions like this, like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite song? What's your favorite movie? And I'm like, I don't have favorites in these categories. Like I'm just not that type of person. Like I am inspired by art. I like when I'm watching stuff, do watch a lot of television, but like, I can't be like, Oh my gosh. Like I love Lucy changed my life. And if I would go like, no, like that's just not, that's (laughs) not me. And so I want to, I want to be honest with you because if there's anybody that's listening or watching this and they're like, Oh my God, thank you. I also don't walk around having like a list of favorites at the ready. Like that's also (laughs) me. Like you're not alone. I'm there with you. Now I can name a couple of roles that like, of course, like parts that I think would have been really fun. Like Isla Fisher in Wedding Crashers, such a silly, fun, amazing role would have loved to have like done that. Um, along the same like comedy lines, like, gosh, probably either role in Bridesmaids, either like Rose Byrne or Kristen, um, wig, like either one would have been so fun. Um, on TV, like right now, like I keep talking about how, um, cause I'm, everyone's watching succession. Like I would have loved to play Shiv or Willa. I think Willa's a really fun character. Um, so yeah, I like, I watch stuff and then I'm like, Oh, I could have done that. Or like, Oh, that would have been, I, that would have been a really fun thing to explore, but I don't have like something if I'm like looking back and I'm like, that role should have been mine or I would have loved to have given my version. Like I'll watch stuff and I'll be like, Ooh, I probably could have gotten cast as that. And like, I wonder how I would have done it. So that's sort of my take on that. That's fun. All right. So if it makes you feel less alone, my wife is the exact same way. Uh, we, even now, like I'll ask her like, babe, what do you, uh, what's your favorite anything? And if I ask what her favorite is, I, I know in her brain, she's immediately cut me off because uh, yeah. it, she, she's not a favorite picker and I want, I want people to be favorite pickers. <laughs> so. You're fine. I just, again, it's like, I think for a long time I was like, what's wrong with me? I don't have favorites. Like, am I just, am I not smart? Am I not informed of the world? And like, I don't think any of that's true. So again, I think it's nice to be able to say, Hey, listen, this is just like not the way my brain works. And so also if you're like that, like it's okay. Like we're, we're good. Now this may be a weird about me, but I always like, 
I I try to pre have those things like locked and loaded just in case. Um, sure. Like if I'm like if I I'm not a huge fan of small talk, but if I'm in a small talk situation, like I want to be like ready to rock and roll, and so I'm like uh, favorite movie Forrest Gump. Uh, just <laughs> just you got to have that ready to go. So that, um, I mean that makes sense. I I get it. Um, and like <laughs> the good like the people pleaser in me, the person who like doesn't want to feel uncomfortable in like social settings. Right. Like it's like, Oh, what a great, what a great idea. I should make a list when I get off this, this podcast recording and just assemble a list of like favorites to have for this. But again, for me, I feel like it would just feel inauthentic to like, I'd be picking stuff to like either sound good or like it's to answer. Yeah. It just wouldn't be real. All right. So here's how my wife and I have uh, figured this out. Uh, if I ask her, like, if I want to ask her what her favorite of something is, instead of asking, hey, what's your favorite of whatever, um, it is uh, what are a few of uh, things that you like right now or a few things yeah, that you enjoy. I like that. And like, apparently that takes the pressure off of the whole it question. So. <laughs> it does. It's such a slight like tweak. But I would say like, again, it gives me the ability to be like, okay, cool. You know, these are a couple of things that I've watched that I thought might be fun to play, or here's what I'm watching right now that I'm like, oh yeah, that, that would, that could be fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I mean, and of course in our brains, we could just like reorganize that question ourselves. Um, but I guess like when you're, yeah, favorite to me, favorite means, you know, that carries weight. That is, mm. I, yeah, I don't want that pressure. <laughs> I'm sorry that I put you in this predicament. We can uh, start over if we want to. All right. So no, what are some over. gems that you might enjoy every now and again when you're walking down the streets of New York? Never mind. Where's my let's we're going to we're going to look at what's been I, I haven't been listening. Oh, to, okay, I'm just kidding. Some, we don't have to go back into oh, it. But. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I love Sia. OK, apparently I okay, love Sia. Okay. Uh, who else do I love? Oh, my God. There's a lot of Sia on here right now. Again, Taylor Swift, Jess Glynn. Okay. Okay. Um, Jonas Blue. Um, yeah. There you go. Here's some. Yeah. There's some stuff. Uh, Demi Lovato's on here. I love. I'm a pop girl. Like I love pop okay. music. I love music I can sing to. Um, generally speaking, so I like. I love female vocalists, and I also like. Yeah, I like like dancey pop music. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm just gonna make this question up off the top of my head. Uh, of those people or of like female artists that you love and listen to, if you could be a, uh, a background singer for one and or a couple of them, not favorites, just uh, <laughs> just for fun, uh, who, who would you be a backup singer for? Do, all the, do these people have backup singers? I don't know. It sounds fun. Have yeah, everybody's got backup on, singers. I, I guess. Uh, have you seen the guy on TikTok that does the background singers videos? It's so He's really funny. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he literally is everyone's like, he'll take old songs and he'll just, he, there's a girl he does it with and he'll be their backup singer. And I think they're just brilliant because they're so simple, but it's really fun. Um, I probably, any of those girls that I just named, uh, I even think like, it would be fun to be like, I don't even know if Shania Twain, like silver, like I'd love to go back to like people who I admired when I was like, you know, singing when I was growing up and stuff. Like, Absolutely. I love myself some Shania, like, <laughs> You Let's know, go, girls. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I feel like that would be really fun to be a backup singer for. Okay, deal. All right, I feel like we've like completely broached. I mean, we've we figured this out. We we've got to figure it out now. It's Sia and Shania Twain for you, and uh, those oh are your God. favorites. So now you've got those locked Definitely and loaded not. for. No. <laughs> All right. All right. So that was the first date round. Um, and if that was a first date for you and I, I would have to then quickly you figure been out. Like, you would have been like, we're not going on a second date. This girl can't even pick her favorites of anything. She's being so weird. Like all I want to know. So like with my wife, like the same thing with the favorites thing is like, um, I just want to know that I'm your favorite. So that's <laughs> if you got to pick one 100%. favorite, just, just pick yeah. me. That's that's all I need to know. And for the most part, I think most days I, I fall into that category. Um, so and, and then every now and again, it's her best friends. But yeah, for the most part, I'm my wife's favorite person. So yeah, just find a, a favorite and pick that. It's fine. All right. So the next round is called uh, the slow round. And so uh, if you were an onion and we were talking Shrek, uh, this would be a few layers down. Um, you are an actress and uh, you're working actress and you are super transparent about uh, the 
the acting process and the audition process. And, but you are in an industry with a ton of rejection. And, um, so I just wonder like, how, how have you thickened your skin on that? How have you, you, like, how do you take rejection and not let it affect you to the point where you just stop all the time? Well, I definitely think if anybody wants to get better at rejection, just become an actor. Like it, you'll, that's it. Um, yeah. Because you have to, you have to, or you will not survive this industry. Like that is literally it. Like you can't, you will leave the industry um, or your mental health will suffer and you'll, you'll go crazy. I mean, I think, I know it's not an answer that a lot of people like to hear, but like, it's just time. It's just experience Um, because, you know, I am somebody, I mean, I listen, I've done work on myself too, like hashtag therapy, yay, sobriety, all that stuff. Right. But, and that certainly has helped. um, I think like, you know, me, help me not tie my worth to, you know, social media, uh, views or other people's opinions of me or bookings. Right. Like I, I, so I definitely think there's, there's been personal growth and work that's taken place, but like really, really, and certain jobs I think that I've had and experiences that have, uh, thickened my skin more quickly. Like I've been forced to like learn from that. And I would say like one right off the top of my head is HQ trivia. Like that had a live chat. Um, and like people were, could be very cruel in the comments and like, (laughs) you know, I used to like torture my, like I would finish games. I would, I wouldn't see it while I was hosting the comments too fast. And, but I would go home and, uh, like I would literally watch YouTube recordings back of it that like people would post and I would see the chat and like, I, it was devastating. Like it was, I did take it personally. I would get I would get DMs from people that were like nasty. Uh, I've been, I even made a, like a mean tweets sort of video when in the, that was one of the ways I coped at the time I was like taking them and I was making them into comedy um, because I would like read the comments aloud because they were so brutal. Like, pe- I mean, people saying that they wanted to kill me, people saying that like my voice, like my voice was like the most grating thing that you've ever heard, like all kinds of stuff, right. That like my teeth, like were so big, they shouldn't fit in my mouth, like everything you can imagine. And so like, definitely at first it was really hard. I think one of the other things that's really, really helpful is like looking at the people they're coming from. So I remember once I was like looking at who was commenting some of this stuff. These, these were like little boys who were like Mm. nine years old and it's like, okay. Um, and that definitely helped. They're like, my grandma hates you. And I'm like, who the heck is writing that their grandma hates me? What a weird thing to say. And it's like, oh, a nine-year-old boy is writing that. Okay, that makes sense. So like, I think through that experience, I definitely, I I mean, it took me some time and I don't even think while I was having that experience, I learned like I could not separate it. Like it was very, I was like, oh, these people hate me. I'm I'm a terrible host and they all hate me. Um, But after the fact, I, it, it sunk in sort of, and I learned from that. And then I think like just being on social media too, like, uh, you gotta have thick skin. I put out content and people will be like, you're a terrible actor. Of course you're not successful. You're never going to succeed. You're the, you're the, you know, X, Y, Z are the reasons like, you know, and I, I, these, these days I do not, I don't take any of that stuff personally. Like the growth is amazing. And then like as an actor, I would say, right. Like we're getting, I mean, I book like one person at a time. So I'm like doing, you know, 20 auditions and maybe I'll book one. So it's like, how do you not think, Oh, I'm, I am terrible. Like I'm not booking anything. And I think it's just like, I've learned the industry. Like it's just the way it is. You get feedback from people you actually trust like an acting coach or your agent, um, you know, and you watch it. Like I, I can be honest with myself and with those people and the other people's opinion, like the rest of it doesn't really matter. Um, and it is a numbers game. So I think like, for me, it's just like, I've become more confident in my own abilities, um, Mm. with just as I've grown as a person, as an actor, I can watch old tapes back and be like, Oh wow, that was definitely, uh, I've come a long way. I've come a long way. We'll just say that. And like, that's great. Like, it's all about, you can only compare yourself to yourself. Um, And so, you know, I think, and then just the more you're in, like, I've been in this industry now for years, I've gotten so many rejections. Like, it really is an, it is a numbers game at the end of the day. Like, I, uh, the more that I do, the more that I book. And also the more that I don't book. 
Um, so it just bothers me less because I know that I'm, again, I can have those honest conversations with the people that I can trust and say, Hey, like, is the quality of work I'm turning in, um, standard, like up to par, like, and they are, they can say, Hey, maybe I think you should like coach a little more on the scene or like, yeah, it's just that you're not the right fit for this particular job, but like, keep, keep crushing it. And then I can just like relax and move on with my day. Yeah. I like the, the fact that you've got some trusted voices in your life that, uh, yeah. you could, uh, you could read all the comments and all the, the HQ comments and all the comments on your videos and stuff and take that as a thing. But I like it that you found some people, you found a community of people that, uh, can push you forward instead of push you down. And it's cool that you've, you've cultivated that in yourself and then in your community. And also the fact that you've even, uh, you go back and you looking back at your old, uh, reels or whatever, just to, uh, not just to put yourself down, but to make yourself better. And so, um, it, how, like you've been acting for, uh, I'm guessing close to 20 ish years now, um, yeah. uh, professionally. And so, yeah. um, like looking back at, 18, 19, 20 year old you to where you are now. Um, do you see the change in yourself from back then to now? Oh, 100%. I mean, I can even see it from a year ago. Like I I'll go, I mean, one of the series that I sort of do on social is my audition versus the final spot. So whether or not I book it, I'll put in my audition and then the person who booked it, whether that's me or someone else, And when I'm looking for those tapes, um, because obviously like I have to go back for them because a lot of times it takes time for these projects to come out, whether it's film, TV commercials come out a little bit faster, but so I'll go back looking for stuff to see what's come out and I'll watch those tapes and I'll be like, yeah, I might not have booked me either based on that tape. (laughs) Um, and, but like, again, I'm not like mean to myself about it. I, I actually try to flip it and I'm just like, wow, that's really cool that I feel like I would have done such a better job now. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, again, I, I, I can, I can literally see the growth from a year ago. So it's funny. I wish, I mean, I have, there's a, (laughs) I should actually post this to my TikTok. I, I remember like the first time I ever self taped because, you know, for a long time was in-person auditions and self tapes had, had been around, but like they were rare, but I self taped for like some job, some, I don't know, some film or short film or something. And like, I had to upload the link to, to YouTube. It's like an unlisted link. And so it's still there. Like it's not public, but my phone is flipped vertically like a TikTok, which is like a big no, no. When you're submitting a tape, (laughs) I'm literally sitting on my bed to do the scene. Like I'm not even against like a white wall. Like I'm not, and, and it's a mess. I didn't even like clean my room for it, which is hilarious. And, um, they're like, the lighting is terrible. It's like, I didn't, I didn't have the proper equipment. So it's like, I look back at all that and it's just funny. It's so funny. It's like, well, I mean, but I think it's really helpful because people feel so overwhelmed and like they need to be perfect when they're starting out. And it's yes, it's great. Arm yourself with knowledge. There's plenty of it out there these days, but like show yourself some grace. Like it's, (laughs) I've been doing this for 20 years and I still like, again, I still go back to tapes from a year ago and I'm like, Ooh, okay. Uh, maybe not the choice I would make now. Um, but you know, like we just, we get, we keep getting better and that's like, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, I think in any industry, if you're listening and you, uh, you work at a gas station or you are a, uh, a list Hollywood actress, you got to give yourself a little grace looking back at your past self. So yeah. Hindsight's 2020, and that's super helpful. Um, all right. So um, another thing is this. Uh, again, you talked about it earlier, but you're super honest about your sobriety. And um, how did that how did that start for you? Like, what was the thing that made you uh, make that decision? And then how has it changed your life uh, into the right now even? Um, yeah. I mean, I would say it's – I'm going to try to give you the short version. You know, I think um, – it's quite common for people to feel that they're drinking as normal um, because like, it's just um, glorified, normalized, glorified behavior, right? Like you go to call it, you know, I was an 18 year old kid moving to New York city, going to art school, um, working in hospitality to put myself through school. So I'm working in the restaurant industry where there is lots of alcohol surrounded <laughs> by kids who are partying in New York city. Cause we're kids. Um, and you know, like 
it was it was normal. It is normal behavior, like uh, to an extent, right? Sure. And so, like, I think for a very long time, you know, I was like, I'm surrounded by other people who are doing exactly the same thing as me. So, like, how could that be problematic? Also. I used externals to very easily justify that like what I was doing wasn't problematic because, you know, I wasn't losing. I was holding several jobs like I was turning in great grades like I was acting like I was doing all the things like had relationships. Yeah. So like it's like. It didn't matter that, you know, I think it started as fun mm -hmm. and then it became fun with problems and then it became problems. Um, and so when the problems started to outweigh the fun, like that's, and I let that go on for a while before I was like, I even like, was like, oh, could it be my drinking? Like, again, I was like, oh, maybe I'm just a, a depressed and anxious person, you know, like mm. anything but the drinking, anything but the alcohol. Um, and so I'm trying to think of like, I mean, there's definitely an incident that, I mean, there were many incidents, like there were many times that like. A normal person would have been like, oh, yeah, no, it's the alcohol like that. That that's uh, that's an issue. But like yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's silly. Everybody, you know, does something like that. Right. We, we can brush off so many things. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say that, um, you know, first of all, um, I have my dad got sober. So like he got sober with me as an adult. So he's um, he got sober. Uh, to like two years before I got sober. Um, so seeing him get sober and, and still I was like, Oh, I'm not my, cause like my dad was a problem drink. Like he, it was very easy to be like, no, I, I had an alcoholic father. Yeah. So I, it was also, that was an easy way for me to like, be like, well, I'm not like him. So like, I can't have a, a problem, but it also made it really, it was a really, really beautiful thing because when I did finally decide to get sober, he was the first person I called. Um, because I knew, like, I, I asked him, like, I literally, it was a text message that I sent when I was wasted that I definitely wouldn't have sent sober. Um, and I was like, are you happy now? And he was like, I am. And he knew, he knew something was wrong. And that ultimately I ended up going, um, back and like sort of rehabbing at my dad's house, which again, like what a beautiful thing to be able to do. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I'll say that inciting incident was I turned 30 and it was like, oh, this isn't cute anymore. Like 30 was a, it, there was something about it in my head where I was just like, I should be, I should be doing, I shouldn't feel this way at 30. And like, what was maybe okay and acceptable in my twenties? Like there's something about hitting 30 that I was like, I don't, I don't want to be that 30 something, 40 something, 50 something. That's like still going to party is still like waking up feeling shameful. Like, I just don't want I don't want to live my life that way. And I think at the end of the day, right. If you're like, you're if someone's listening to this and they're like, Oh, I don't have an issue, but like, are you happy? Like, is there a chance that you could be happier without alcohol in your life? Like, okay, that's all that matters. You don't necessarily need to qualify yourself as an alcoholic or whatever. Like you could just, I mean, I personally do, um, for me, that identification has been really helpful to know like, Oh no, I actually just don't process alcohol. Like a normal person, like my body has an abnormal reaction to it. Like once I start, I can't stop. Not all the time, but it's like Russian roulette. I could never predict when it was just going to be one drink or if it was going to be like an insane night. And like, that was like not a risk I was willing to take anymore. And so for me, yeah. it became an all or nothing thing. Like I couldn't, like if I picked up that first drink, it could just be one drink, but it could also be like the craziest night I've ever seen. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I hit 30 and, and that's sort of like, I was still, I was just like, I, I was miserable. I felt like a shell of myself. I just felt like there was, I had more potential. Yeah. Um, and like, I wanted more out of my life. Um, and that like drinking was really holding me back from getting to that, like place of sort of like fulfillment and trying to reach my potential. Um, so yeah, I went back to my dad's and took, uh, some time there, like a couple weeks and, um, and got sober. And then, you know, I've had a couple, I sort of like felt the need after a point of time to do more research, as they say, like, I was like, Oh, maybe like once I had enough time under my belt, I was like, maybe I don't have a problem with alcohol. Maybe I was like young. Maybe I just didn't understand balance. Maybe I didn't understand moderation. And so I did more research and I was like, no, you definitely have a problem. Um, <laughs> so like I've had to do, you know, I've had several like relapses because of like, 
I've been like, oh, well, maybe, you know, again, I get like to a certain place in my career again. And then I'm like, okay, like, I think I've got this under control. And I'm like, no, you don't got it. Um, like you're just, that's why I'm like, now it, it's so helpful to be like, no, you're just an alcoholic. Like, it's actually like, like, you know, a cancer patient needs their chemo. Like I need sobriety. Like it's just a fact. Like, um, so yeah. So I'm, I'm always happy to share my journey because I do think like, the media society for a long time, it's getting better now, but like taught us that like alcoholics looked a certain way. They were of a certain age or demographic or whatever. And I think it's like very helpful to hear stories from people who, um, you're like, Oh, I would, I would hang out with her at a bar. Right. Like she looks like she would be fun. Like she doesn't seem like she ever. And like, the thing is when I did get sober, a lot of my friends were like, you didn't have a problem. I was very good at hiding how miserable I was because I'm, I was so good at performing you yeah. know? So like it, I was very good at masking. Um, but I was so miserable and my life is so much better now. Like it, for me, it was, it was life changing. Um, I really do attribute sobriety to like really helping me. There was, there's no way I'd be where I'm at in my career right now. If I wasn't sober, absolutely no way. I'd still be working in restaurants. I'd still be in that vicious cycle of like going out after work, waking up late, doing it all over again. Um, yeah. you know, I wouldn't have the extra, the thing is like when you stop drinking, you don't realize how much energy it takes up, right? Like it's not just the time that you're drinking. It's yeah. the time spent recovering the next day. Cause you have like lower energy. It's time you actually spent planning to go drink or thinking about the drink. Like, or you're like rewarded. Like, you're like, Oh, I can't wait to go home now. Why? And how am I going to go get the wine? Like there's so much energy dedicated to it. And yeah. when you give that up, there's so much time cleared for other stuff so much so that people are like, what do you do when you're not like when people first get sober, they're like, I don't know what to do with all the free time. And like, <laughs> I was able to take that free time and put it towards stuff. That's like important to me, whether that's my relationships, whether that's my career, whether that, you know, whatever that is. Um, and also just like work on a, like cultivating like a spiritual practice, which like really helps my career, like helps me with those rejection moments, helps me mm-hmm. with like feel good about myself. So it's like, I I have done a lot of work to like, because when you take away the drinking, sorry, this is so long, but like when you take away the drinking, like (laughs) I didn't, I drank because, um, to feel better. Like I, it was like medicine for me. Like it was to feel good in social situations. It was, you know, as a reward system, because I work really hard. It was, um, because things were going badly and it helped me make, it would make me feel better when I was like super stressed. Um, yeah. and so you have to find different ways to cope with those things. Like how do I behave in social situations with alcohol when I'm constantly analyzing how I'm going to like be with people? Um, or like, you know, how do I relax at the end of a hard day if I can't have a glass of wine? So you have to learn new tools and those same tools that I had to learn, like have just like transformed the way that I deal with my, you know, career and things there. Yeah. The, um, while you've been talking, uh, I just saw the other night, a video of Chris Pratt talking about, um, his parks and rec days when he was, uh, much bigger. And uh, yeah. he was talking about how, um, at alcoholism and overeating and that stuff, like there's a whole bunch of psychology that I don't think I understand all of it either, but he was talking about how when he, uh, was bigger before he lost all the weight to be in, uh, the Marvel movies that, um, like he looked forward to like eating, like he would like down five hamburgers at a time and, um, but then just feel like crap for the rest of the day. And he's like, now when I eat the, uh, my, my eating time is boring, but the fullness of the rest of my day, I feel fantastic because like he just chose a different priority. So his priority isn't, uh, that, 15 minutes of eating, but instead it's the rest of his day. And so it seems like when you hit 30, like you're like, I'm, this is my priority. My priority is uh, like the direction that I want to head in my life. And um, because of that, it's made the other 99% of your day way better because yeah. you've picked, you've picked the ultimate over the the temporary. And so yes. that I, I it's that. cool. I, I like seeing uh, it's fun getting to hear stories like that of people that have uh, made decisions that have really changed their life. And there's probably people out there, even people listening right now, that they're in the middle of uh, trying to figure that out for themselves. And I hope that if you're listening to this, that, that that's something that can help you to 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 move forward in your journey and to pick the priority. Uh, that's the ultimate for yourself. For sure. And it's not easy. So like if you are going through something like that right now, like you know, it takes time to change habits and, um, yeah, but it's worth it, you know, just keep going. And, you know, if you mess up, like just 
you don't lose everything you started. I always like, I, you know, people are like, Oh, relapse, but it's like, no, I built on the information and the experience that I had before. It's not starting over. It's just, you build, you learn something new and then you get to build on that experience. So, you know, again, it's all about showing yourself like grace and compassion and, um, just wanting more for yourself. Yeah. That I think is funny too. Like, so this is, uh, a 30,000 foot view of your life. Uh, it's fun how, your life is kind of built upon itself. So like uh, dealing with all the rejection uh, from your the job side of things and from external sources, uh, it also informs how you give yourself grace in your own personal life. So if those voices that are from outside your life aren't uh, the truth on who you are, uh, then uh, the alcoholic side of you isn't the truth on who you are either. So uh, it's fun that you've picked those priorities and that uh, that you're not going to listen to those external voices and you're not going to listen to the the negative ones that would push you in the direction you're not trying to go to. So that's cool. All right. So uh, the, there's one question that we like to ask everybody on the podcast, and it's this. Uh, it's a simple one. It could be as simple as uh, you're learning how to tie your shoes different or uh, you're learning astrophysics. But what's something you're learning right now? I'm learning how to find work-life balance. How's that going? (laughs) Um, I'm showing myself grace. You know, it's a work in progress. Like sometimes, um, sometimes it's going better than others. Some, some weeks it's great. And I'm able to really prioritize like living. Um, I think it's very tricky when you work in an industry that is also your passion. Um, Mm -hmm. because like, there's just so much overlap that it's like, I'd be happy shooting TikToks till 12 o'clock at night. Like, I don't really care because I like it so much, but it's like, it's, you have to, you have to find time to like live and not just, um, so, so I think it's, yeah, it's just been, um, a process to, yeah, just figure out, like set boundaries for myself and figure out how to like really set aside time for self-care. Um, and like what, what that can look like and the different forms that it can take. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's going well, I would say it's going really well. Um, it just like varies. Ask me on a different week and I might, I might be like, yeah, I'm sucking at this right now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, good job. And again, like a good job giving yourself some grace in the middle, but that, that is a lesson that I genuinely think everyone is trying to figure out. I haven't figured it out yet. I am so, so bad at it, but good job even trying to, <laughs> to try. So, all right. So, um, this is the last round and I, uh, this is probably my favorite round. This is around uh, that you got your paper there and your, your marker, um, that I try to see maybe if you and I are a little bit alike. And so, okay. uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, five, this or that style questions and uh, we'll do them one at a time and we'll see if maybe you and I are like ready to do this. Okay. Let's do it. Let's see if maybe you're like me. All right. Uh, as modes of transportation, would you rather ride on the subway or an Uber? Now, I am not a New Yorker, and this will show in my answer. All right. Here we go. You got yours down? Here we go. Yeah. Three, two, one. I went subway. You went. You went subway. Look at us. I thought you would go Uber for sure. You're a big subway fan. Really? Oh, I ride the subway everywhere. I never. I, I take Ubers if if I have to. I hate cars in general. Like I love New York City's (laughs) transportation. Like I, I'm not a car girl. I never liked driving. I get motion sick. I think the subway system is 10 out of 10. Now, again, I'm not a New Yorker. I've been uh, a handful of times. And for me, it's just it's a, it's fun trying to figure out a new system and figure it all out. And if you're a people watcher, it is a plus. Oh, Uh, it's amazing. Also, like when you're driving somewhere, you can't multi I'm a multitask queen. So I love like also being on the subway and being able to like edit something on my phone or like read my Kindle or, you know what I mean? So it's like, I can't do that when I'm driving. I I love, I think it's great. Oh, you can, it's just very dangerous. So you should not uh, be doing that. Uh, let me, if you're doing that, stop it. Stop it. Whoa. All right. This is a, a quick PSA from Sarah Priebus. The more, you know, yeah. uh, this is for the, uh, automotive ad council. Don't do that. Heart always, Sarah and Mike. All right, uh, next one. Would you rather win the lottery or land your dream job? So, oh, I don't like this one. <laughs> and no, you cannot write both. All right, win the lottery or land your dream job. Um, what? How much is the lottery, though? <laughs> uh, no, that's a, that's a fair question. All right, fair is question. It, are you set for life? Yeah, set for life. Uh, let's say it's a uh, billion dollars. 
So okay. you're never gonna run out of that. Okay. Lottery or dream job. You got yours down? Yeah. Yep. Here we go. Three, two, one. I put lottery. You put lottery. <laughs> Look at us. We're so alike, you and me. Um, all right. So say you win your billion dollar lottery. What's the first thing you're doing? I'm traveling. Yeah. Ooh, where are you going too? That's the real deal. I don't probably I've Bali's been on my list for a minute. I want to go to Bali. So I would take That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Bali or maybe like Australia. I haven't been there. Like Australia, New Zealand and South Africa is also on my list. All right. Uh, this is just a quick actor challenge. Can you do an Australian accent? No. Nope. <laughs> I, I need to practice. I'm not like there are some people who are very gifted with being able to just like do accents like that. There's a couple that I can do very like off the cuff. But I like Australia. I would need to watch some Love Island Australia and brush mm. up. And I'm not going to embarrass myself on here, but I could do it. I just need time to study. <laughs> I believe in you. Uh, what just for fun? What are your go-to accents that you can just pull out of a hat? I could do like mist wet, midwestern, southern. Um, okay, uh, okay. Bri- British, British, depending on the day. Again, like that one might. I might need like an hour to like get into it a little bit. Like so, it's, <laughs> but some people like are just so gifted they can hear. It's like impressions too, right? You can hear something and you can just sort of repeat it. I'm yeah. that way with like music. Like I can hear, uh, I can sight read and I can hear things pretty quickly, which mm-hmm. you would think would translate to accents, but to my dismay and sadness, it is, it doesn't not for yeah. me. Uh, as far as British accents go, mine's not great at all. But if my wife and I are alone, like on a road trip for long enough after about an hour and a half of being in the car, everything's just like, hello, pit pop cheerio. And I don't know why it's not good. All you British listeners out there, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it's, it gets bad. Um, so moving on so before I get myself canceled. All right. Uh, on, um, French fries, would you rather ketchup or ranch? Uh, frankly, well, I'll wait till you can. All right, okay. here we go. I, you ready to go? Yeah. I put, I got ketchup. You put, oh, you put ranch. Oh, look. Oh, we were so close. What, uh, what was your disclaimer? You're going to tell me. I more, I'm a mayo girl on French oh. fries. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a big ketchup fan, um, in general. <laughs> and so I would go, I guess, ranch over it. But like I am, if, if I order fries or something comes with fries, I will always ask for a side of mayo. And it's just plain mayo on, on French uh-huh. fries or like if they have a flavored mayo, like a chipotle mayo or something, I'll get that. But yeah, no, I'm a mayo girl. Yeah. So there's several things in life that like, I just, I don't want to be within 10 feet of and mayonnaise is one of them. And oh, so, I love um, it. so if you and I, if we ever get dinner together some way, somehow, uh, I want to sit on the opposite side of the table from you, uh, just so not to, not to be near it. So <laughs> It's very French. The French um, have mayo with their fries. So, and considering that French fries, oh wow, okay. I think that that is the superior. No, I'm just kidding. Wow, wow. My boyfriend, my boyfriend is a ketchup guy, and he, but he knows. I mean, he, we've been dating for ten years, so like he, he knows. Like he, he would have hands down been like, "Yep, mayo." Like always. May, can I get a side of mayo? Yes. The other is thing he a that mayo I guy love, too? Ask, no, he's ketchup. Oh, okay, um, okay. Now he's for sure ketchup. But the other thing that I, without fail, will always ask for a side of, um, if I'm at brunch, is hollandaise sauce. Love okay. hollandaise sauce, yes. Yeah, you can't go wrong with a good hollandaise. <laughs> the only problem, have you ever made hollandaise sauce? I have not. Oh, man, it's no joke. It's a bunch of whipping and... Um, you can, nah, like, I don't need that. It's Yeah, yeah. it's a tough, a tough sell, but it, at the end, it's worth it, so... Um, that is a new new goal for you and a new video series for you, Cooking with Sarah. And I want you to make a hollandaise. And so okay. I believe in I you. Cook, we can do this. But I've never made hollandaise. Yeah. Uh, what is your go-to to meal when you're cooking? I mean, I, I, I probably get pretty sick of everything. But, like, I, I'll just do <laughs> – I'll say my current, my current favorite. I love doing salmon in the air fryer. Um Ooh. Yeah, I would say my my salmon's really really good, and if you do it with a skin in the air fryer, it's vi- it's like crispy skin, tender mm. salmon. Um, one of the secret ing- so two secret and then spices. just covered in mayo. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I do like a I do like a dry, ru- not a dry rub. I, I do put oil on it, but I do my spi- my two secret spices. There's a citrus garlic spice from Trader Joe's. That is excellent. And then I do smoked paprika. I love smoked paprika. Not regular paprika, smoked paprika. Um, 
It's got to yeah. be smoked. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, so check out Sarah's uh, TikTok. She will be doing a cooking series soon, and uh, we're all here for it. Uh, all right. So this is a weird one. Um, I found it on the internet, so I don't take credit for this one. But would you rather look at pictures or be in the presence of babies dressed as animals or animals dressed as humans? I don't know why this is a question, but it's the uh, babies dressed as animals or animals dressed as humans. All right, I'm ready. I put babies dressed as animals. You put animals dressed Animal. as humans. Ah, we were doing so good. We're 50-50 right now. Um, <laughs> what animal do you want to see dressed as a human? I don't Any really care. It sounds amazing. <laughs> I need a whole Instagram account dedicated to this. Uh, I love, yeah, I'm, listen, I love cute baby videos too, but Who I doesn't? will say hands down, uh, my boyfriend and I are, we are sending animal videos back and forth more than we are sending baby videos back and forth. Good to know. Uh, even better is baby animals. That's where it gets real cute. So you can't go wrong uh, with that. So cute. There's this one video of, um, this little puppy on its back and it like yawns and it is, it's like I, and like, just, it's just, I bleach. <laughs> like if you're having a bad day, a little baby dog yawning a heaven. All right. Yeah. This is the last one. Uh, okay. would you rather eat at a food truck or a restaurant? That is a very wide category, but I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go for it. Mm. Okay. All right. I chose my worst handwriting for this one. <laughs> That's okay. Here, I want restaurant. You want restaurant. Look at us back together again. I missed you for a second there. <laughs> um, if, so are you a sit down restaurant kind of gal or what's your, your go to? Yeah, I mean, listen, I love a food truck, Who do food trucks all the time. Um, but you know, in general, like I do want to sit and eat. So like, even mm -hmm. if I'm going to a food truck, like I'm hoping that there's like a bench nearby. So if I had to choose, I'd, I'll go to a restaurant just so I can like sit and eat, I, which is ironic actually, now that I'm saying this, because I'm, I'm the type of person who will like make my meals chaotically and stand and eat them like hunched over the like sink <laughs> or the counter. So clearly I like to stand and eat. Um, I guess that's why when I'm like going to seek out a place to dine, I would like uh -huh. to sit down. Yeah. You're looking for a little change. I like it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. All right. Um, Sarah, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. This is, uh, it's fun because genuinely, like I do see people like you on Instagram and on TikTok, and I'm like, they, they can't be real, but you're, you're real and you're awesome. And, uh, maybe there's people I'm today. A, I'm an AI. So actually you've oh, been doing no. this entire thing. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Elon Musk. Is that you behind the curtain there? <laughs> All right. So if uh, people uh, like me or like people who haven't heard of you yet, uh, where is a great place for people to follow along if they want to see uh, your acting journey or anything like that? Yeah, I'm on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter if you're still using that um, and Facebook if you're still using that. Uh, but everything's the same. Sarah Priebus. I, I'm sure you'll link that information on how to spell it. You all know how to say it now. So that's good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm sure you'll link how to spell it. But yeah, just at Sarah Priebus. There you go. And um, again, Sarah, thank you so, so much for being here. And for all of you listening, thank you for joining us this week. We'll see you next week here on Maybe You're Like Me.